All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats, covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Jason Kalipa. Jason is the founder of NC Fit, a global fitness company with brick and mortar locations, corporate wellness, and digital services. He's a three times Team USA CrossFit member and a CrossFit Games champion. A paediatric cancer advocate, after his daughter was diagnosed with leukemia in 2016, he's the host of the Effort Over Everything podcast and a BJJ purple belt. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I was a fan of yours when you were doing CrossFit. I'm now a fan of yours while you're changing the ethos and the, you know, the the teachings and the way gyms and programming's done. But for the few people living under a rock who maybe don't recognize your name, could you give a quick intro? You know, how would you define who you are? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my name is Jason Klepa. I'm the founder of NC Fit. We're a fitness company with uh, brick and mortar locations, digital services. We support gym owners and athletes all over the world. And then I uh, won the CrossFit Games, husband and uh, father of two. I love it. I and love BJJ too. I love jujitsu. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that because I'm a blue belt and I was like, yes. As soon as I seen ah, that, there I was we like, go. There good, we go. I'm good, man. So we'll start with the easy questions. How would you define true fitness in life? Now, you know, everybody talks about like physical fitness, but how would you define it? Like, cause you're always happy, but you know, you've gone through some sort of emotional heartaches um, when your daughter was sick, you're some always positive. You always seem to be just like building this juggernaut of a business. You know, you're fit, doing fitness stuff for the whole time. What do you think the definition of true fitness is? Uh, I mean, I think the way we define it at NC Fit and our goals are, to help people live freely and fully, uh, particularly outside the gym, but however you want to describe that, live live freely and fully. And what that means to me is that fitness means that fitness should never inhibit the things that I need or want to do is the way that I think about it. And so if life demands I have to sit on a toilet, I should be able to do that. If life demands that I want to go climb a mountain with my kids, I should be able to do that. And when I think about fitness, that's the goal. Live freely, live fully for as many days as possible. And it's certainly something not a lot of people are doing nowadays. You see some people out so out of shape and, you know, we can get food delivered to your door, taxis. We can even order dates online and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, d- we don't seem to have a challenge anymore. Do you think that's a problem? It's like, I mean, when you grew up, you were into BMXing, you were like track and field and, you know, you were very sporty. Do you think that's a thing nowadays is that we're not doing those things as kids now there it's technology or yeah i mean for sure i mean i think adversity micro adversity teaches you a lot and i think that yeah absolutely i think that it's it is a major problem 
if at a youth level, children are not being exposed to micro dose of adversity through sport or through physical activity, because that's such a great way to, to experience it. Uh, because then as they get older and if they haven't experienced anything difficult like that, they don't know how to handle it. And we see it firsthand all the time now. I mean, if you're a kid who's been stuck on a laptop or an iPad for all these years, when life kind of comes and kicks you in the nuts, because it will, it always does, um, you're, you're less able, uh, you're more fragile. And, you know, you have to build these kind of like resilient children is, is something that I'm very focused on. And I think sports and exercise help with that a ton. That's a great answer because, you know, you see everybody kicking off nowadays about, you know, participation trophies and things like that. And, you know, I mean, I was, I'm from the generation where the winners won and, the, the, you know, the rest of you had to just stand there and applaud them. And I can see it from both sides. Like I would love, I would love my nephews getting involved and getting trophies for taking part in the encouragement. But also the other side, have we, you know, are we not giving each other a challenge anymore? Is it? Have we lost our sort of purpose or why? What got you into sport when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, I think I think with the participation trophy thing, it's it's interesting because on the one hand, you want to encourage people getting out there and doing stuff. You know, my sister just participated in this event the other day and you know, some would say it was a participation event, but at least she was out there doing something when most people are just sitting on the couch. And, but then at the same time, right, children and adults have to learn how to win and they have to learn how to lose. And I think that's really important. And those are really uh, important skills to develop. And, you know, my son plays a lot of sports, my daughter does as well. And I think that they learn just as much from winning. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. They learn potentially more from losing than they do from winning, which I think is pretty powerful. But I got into sports at a young age. Um, you know, my, my dad and mom weren't like overly athletic types. You know, my dad came from Iran. He was more of an engineer type. My mom um, came from Rhode Island. Uh, she was more kind of, but you know, she, she wasn't, you know, she didn't play collegiate sports or anything of that nature. And so growing up, I, I didn't have as much exposure necessarily. Uh, my parents would introduce me to things like soccer. But then I started kind of hanging out with kids around the neighborhood and they introduced me to BMXing. And so I raced BMX bikes for a long time when I was a kid. Uh, looking back on it, I wish I had done a few things differently. I think it could have built a different foundation. But BMX was a great sport because it taught you uh, back to what we were talking about. It taught you how to win. It taught you how to lose for sure. And, yeah, well, I think we all loved those memories when we were kids, like, you know, the riding down hills with, without brakes and try to do flips and stuff like that and you le you learn to just shake off if you landed heavy and just get yeah. up and you know that was part of the fun it was getting dirty and getting banged about the place but what do you think there are physical benchmarks that you would strive for every person listening to be you know like if um do you see similarities with the the people who come for coaching the the gym member uh, coaches who who are part of your programs do they bring in a kind of similarity in where they see their clients going wrong in terms of their general fitness, their, you know, their being fit for life? Um, I mean, I think that I, from a coaching perspective, I think that all, I think that we've seen an evolution in the fitness space. You know, uh, I got started in the conventional gym when I was 15 and when I was really young, it used to be about, you know, uh, basically like get on a piece of cardio and leave or used to be about bodybuilding. And then I think CrossFit really changed the game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, a couple of years later, when I was I was introduced to CrossFit, I think I was like 18 at the time. Uh, 
And this idea of blending strength and conditioning was just such a beautiful uh, way to look at it. And I think that, you know, when we look at fitness, what's paramount, what's critical, what's essential is strength and conditioning, not, not just one, not just the other, but both. And I think that people in general are starting to see that. And I think all of our coaches, obviously at NC Fit and the NC Fit Collective, which is our session plans and program for gym owners, they're also seeing that. And so it's that bridging the gap between helping people live freely and fully by utilizing strength conditioning. And in particular movements that provide good value outside the gym, like deadlifts, back squats, cleans, things of that nature. I think they carry over really well into real life and they're highly effective. And that's what we've seen in our gyms. Because that's something I noticed. I love in your programming, you've got like strength and conditioning, you've got um, like endurance, you've got like gymnastics, you know, you you put in sort of facets of all these different modalities and stuff. To, you know, you don't kind of just sit and go, yeah, three sets of 10, like some gyms, you know, you kind of really like when I look at some of your workouts, I get tired just reading them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal is in particular, you know, for anybody listening, if you're looking for a good, just foundational strength conditioning program, I think our NCX program is, you know, obviously I'm, I'm biased, but I think it's the world's best, just foundational strength conditioning program. You know, I would put my mom on it, my dad, my wife, you name it. And, you know, because I think for most people, most of the time to get in really good shape, they need to dedicate, you know, I don't know, at least three days a week for an hour a day to just, you know, a solid strength session where they're lifting something that's moderately heavy and then getting in a 12 to 20 minute kind of high intensity work. I think there's, there's a lot of benefit there. Um, plus other stuff that people need to do, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it, and you think of the, the, what people are actually doing nowadays. I mean, we started, you know, you're running out from dusk till dawn, after school and stuff like that and now you're lucky if people are doing more than five thousand odd steps do you think there are movement patterns that we should all be doing like you know like in jiu-jitsu we're doing like bear crawls and cartwheels and you know you're like you see people who can barely get them off the ground without um like their face being bright red and stuff like that you know and we're you're like you're going from top to bottom getting thrown around in jiu-jitsu you're doing handstand push-ups and crossfit things like that are there basics or movement patterns like like animalistic or yeah primeval kind of things that you th- you'd focus on yeah i mean if you think about like jiu-jitsu you know you're thinking about like a uh, shrimp moves uh you're thinking about uh you know i don't know rolls and uh, you're thinking about you know creating pressure obviously when you think about fitness what you're thinking about is is bang for your buck, uh, uh, multi-joint, and you're thinking about functionality in real world application. So I'm, I, I would say, you know, things like a thruster or a back squat are highly foundational. You know, you're, you're, you're taking a load through a very long range of motion. You're providing a big stimulus and impact on your body. And I think moves like deadlifts, pulling something from the floor, back squats, you know, go, lowering and raising your center of mass with the barbell on your back or dumbbells or whatever you want to call it. Uh, doing some type of pressing. So if you pull, push, press, and like do some of a hinge on a regular basis and combine that with 12 to 20 minute conditioning pieces that get your heart rate elevated and ultimately get you sweaty, I think that's the secret to success for longevity in terms of strength conditioning. Because, you you know, you get these guys that come in and go, right, I'm going to go back to the gym. And they're like, okay, I'm going to go six days a week. I'm going to do boxing in the morning. I'm going to do jujitsu at night. And you're like, good luck with that five minutes in they're on the floor almost puking their guts i mean i was dead i used to do 
powerlifting. So I was deadlifting over 200K, and I was like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the bee's knees. Tried jiu-jitsu, could barely get my feet over my head. Two minutes into a roll, and I was breathing at my arse. You know, like I was, yeah. I was struggling. Like it's another world of conditioning, like for jujitsu. Do you do you think things like that are a better way of doing conditioning than the sort of like the exercise bike, the running? You know, like is jujitsu a perfect sport for conditioning? Do you think, or is it a better way of teaching and getting people truly fit in that sense? Uh, I mean, that's a good question, but I think I think running would would probably top all. Um, I think running, look, jujitsu is highly effective for conditioning. Don't get me wrong. But for most people, most of the time, if you don't have much experience in jujitsu, and in particular, if you're wearing a gi, uh, you're, you're going to get stuck. Uh, jujitsu has a very high learning curve. Once you get pretty good at it, especially no gi, I mean, those matches can be highly competitive, highly cardio-based, and just, just like the, the way that I feel after a very, very difficult role is something that I had not experienced before. It really anywhere else. I mean, maybe at like a high level, like a workout, like a Fran in CrossFit, maybe something similar. But when you're almost like fighting for your life in jiu-jitsu while simultaneously trying to control your breathing, while thinking through things, while trying not to get taken down or choked, it's it's very, very stressful on the on the on the system. So yes, I think that it's phenomenal. The problem is, is that the learning curve is so high to ever even get to that point. And so I'd say that, you know, running, hill sprints, uh, sprints of any type is probably going to be your best form of just cardio. Whereas I think jiu-jitsu is awesome, but I think you got to be in it for a while to really kind of unleash that, I think. Definitely. I mean, I'm a pressure passer because I'm a fat guy, you know, and I'm, I love being able to kind of slow it down. There's times when, you know, you're, you're trying to be explosive and you just go, no, like, I'll, I'll just scram into this guy here. Uh, do you think that's the problem is that we newbies don't look at their like the duration, the intensity, the frequency. They just think, ah, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and do a three hour workout because they've seen X mate do it. Is that yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I think you got to understand what you're trying to accomplish, right? So if you're trying to be like the fittest person on the planet, you're going to have to train a lot of hours. If you're trying to become an MMA star, you got to go out there and you got to get in your wrestling, you got to get in your jiu-jitsu, you got to get in your stand-up. And it just takes time. But if you're just trying to stay fit to go do cool stuff with your kids, you don't need to spend three hours in the gym every day. So how would you, I mean, do you have like a sort of your your general entry program? How do you shape that for such a wide range of people? Like what's the sort of philosophy behind your sort of entry level, you know, your basic program, the one that you put your parents on, you would put your friends on, the, the one that sort of introduces you into people to move their body again, to actually get the heart racing, to break a sweat even. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that our programming is perfect for someone who's, you know, like if you haven't gotten off the couch in 10 years, you got to just start off by just getting in some walks, right? Mm-hmm. Get in some walks, start that off three days a week and earn that confidence. Like start there, right? Once you've built that confidence in walks, start adding in some pushups and squats on a regular basis. Once you earn that confidence and don't try and jump ahead, like start there. Then you could look at something like our app and in particular, our NCX program is phenomenal because it does have some great foundational strength. We have movement library to show you how to do it. But, but if you're like just getting off the couch, you, you should not just go from zero to a hundred. You got to start off really slow because you, you got to think to yourself, I want to be as fit as possible for the rest of my life. 
And if you go from zero to 100, you're probably going to get burnt out. And that's a mistake that I've made as a gym owner many of times. I'm, I'm, I'm refusing to do that again. Where someone would come in, they'd be like, hey, I want to get in the best shape of my life. I'd be like, great. Come in five days a week. Stop drinking soda. Let's go. And what I didn't realize, I actually wasn't setting them up for success. Because more times than not, they'd be in for a, you know, a month and they wouldn't come back. And um, a big learning lesson for me. So start slow, start walking and progress from there. Yeah, I mean, because it's definitely something you see. It's like there's a lot of like, you know, how to squat effectively, how to deadlift effectively. There's a lot of kind of movement fixes you could do to do it effectively and efficiently, but even just safely. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle. They serve, they start going up in the weight too much. And, you know, the how do you start working with somebody to fix those skill gaps? I mean, especially things like, you know, CrossFit's an amazing sport. But I mean, if I tried to go on a handstand push-up just now, it caused an earthquake when I tumbled over. Yeah. How? Well, yeah, we wouldn't even have you do that, right? I mean, first I had to understand like, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? And then, and then back it in from there. Like, if you're not trying to compete in the sport of CrossFit, there's really no reason. I mean, or if you, if you, if you're not trying to compete, and or if you have no, if you, if you have a desire to learn a handstand, or if you're competing, then I would have you do those. Otherwise. I'd have you just say, hey, let's have you do some shoulder press with a, with a set of heavy dumbbells. And that's really what the coach is there for, is to adjust things accordingly and to identify what your goals and aspirations are and help you get there. So how would you, like, say if you had somebody who had a sort of general level of fitness and this came to you and said, brilliant, I want to start doing a bit more CrossFit movement patterns. How do you start working? Like, how do you build in that sort of level up of, um, you know, like getting used to body weight control when do you start adding weight when do you start thinking okay we you can actually start pushing yourself and adding in the volume and you'd, you'd not dine the next day with the doms and the muscle soreness kicking in yeah i mean a lot of that just comes from experience and i've made mistakes over the last you know i've i've been i've had the privilege of owning and operating gyms for close to 15 years and i've made a lot of mistakes along that process but a lot of it just comes down to um figuring out what does this person want to accomplish and how do I help them get them there? And how do we take it slower than they probably want? So maybe they want to use 95 pounds. We need to encourage them to use 65 and, um, you know, really focus on good range of motion, good movement, and then dosing them with intensity is the next, is the next piece. Cause I love that you wrote an article or maybe it was an interview where you were talking about, you're know, using small wins to get that confidence and to build them up. And I really like that approach of kind of like, you know, um, I think it was Mark Fraser when I spoke to him, he was saying, you know, he gets a f somebody come in for maybe like one day, do a 15 minute aim on and then say, yep, that's it for the day. Go home, recover from that, come in and we, you know, we can build from there. Do you still utilize the sort of CrossFit, you know, the arm wraps, the emons, those sorts of things? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I use AMRAPs and EMOMs every single day. I think, I think where we at NC Fit and where I have shifted over the years though, is just a little bit away from complexity. You know, I think that CrossFit as a strength conditioning program is great. I think that as a sport, it's awesome. I just think that for some of the movements, I no longer have a desire to do them. And we just don't really incorporate them into all of our programs at NC Fit anymore, such as handstand pushups, muscle-ups, full snatches. I've just seen over the last 15 years of, of actually working with athletes that a lot of times, if you only have X amount of days per week to get in your strength conditioning, you know, I got to provide you with the, the movements that I believe are going to provide you the best impact. And typically those are going to be ones that, 
you could develop competency in in a shorter time frame. You know, if you're only coming in three days a week, four days a week, whatever, and you're snatching once every couple of weeks, it's going to take you a long time to ever develop any level of uh, competency there. I'd rather have you focus on just some good foundational strength movements like the thruster, the hang clean, and the squat. And that's that just came from experience, right? So that's that's where we would start. Because you were the sort of the first person who has seen take the the concept of like arm wraps, you know, like as many uh, reps as possible, yeah. and use it in a sort of mentality focus. You know, you were kind of like how to become stronger mentally, how to deal with challenges and stuff like that. And I love that concept of like pushing yourself into these situations where you can actually struggle, that you are getting challenged and use that to sort of propel yourself. How do you use that? And do you still use the mindset coach to kind of like help you on this journey? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't speak to the mindset coach as much as I used to in the past, but basically the AMRAP mentality is all about this idea that when you're AMRAPing someone, like, let's just say, I say, Hey, do as many burpees as you can in one minute. That's all you would be focused on. You wouldn't be focused on anything else, but those burpees in one minute. And that was the concept I tried to take my life, uh, was just AMRAPing each thing. So when I'm on the, you know, when I'm on with you, I'm on with you. When I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm training, I'm training. And really being present, being focused and getting after it was the mentality and still is today. And so that's the AMRAP mentality, similar to workouts, as many reps as possible, just kind of taken into more of a mindset perspective. And I loved your sort of your philosophy. It seems to be like an approach to life where it's like, effort over everything how, yeah. do you, how do you adopt that because it's like you always seem to be pushing yourself and doing so much and like always try to be a better father being a better businessman being a, just better at everything you're doing and you know building better relationships and like brotherhoods with like people you you train with how, how do you utilize this like how do you make this more than a mantra more like a philosophy in your life do you think yeah, I mean, I think the idea of effort over everything is is exactly what. Well, I mean, it's 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 based on whatever you think it is to you. But for me, it's for my children, for everything that we do at the gym. I don't care how much you lift. I don't care how many calories you burn. I don't care about anything other than the fact that you could leave there feeling like you put in your best effort for that day. And if you could do that, you're winning. Effort over everything else is the key. And I think that's what we're really teaching our children, right? Is, is that mantra, that mentality. So how do you analyze your sort of your day to day? You know, do you look at like, do you journal? Do you kind of start and think, well, this is how I'm doing. Do you, do you know, do you use apps and things like that? How do you know that you're on the right path and progressing or is it a way or do you just think, you have that general feeling. I mean, how, how do you analyze your performance and how you are as a husband, how you are as a businessman, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, I think just a, a, a daily kind of low key check-in, Hey, how am I performing today as a husband, a father, a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and, and just checking in on those things I think is important. Uh, and the real idea here is it's not rocket science. It's just this idea of micro check-ins. And the theory that I have is that if you have these micro check-ins, you shouldn't wake up one day and feel like you were a you know terrible father or whatever, because you had these micro check-ins that were occurring and you were able to make small changes through that process. Because it's like when the guy talked about, you know, micro adjustments in, um, in jiu-jitsu and everybody was taking the mick out of him. And I was like, 
I can kind of see his point. You know, if you move your hand slightly more this way, it can change for a better grip if you do this. And I, I knew what you meant, but I think he was kind of thinking he created this new sort of concept. And it's, I really like the way that you look at things. It's, you know, you're kind of like always more open and flexible and kind of, you always look at it positively. And, it, and that's certainly something that's rare nowadays, but you you have a great way of sort of approaching competition. You've got like a mantra um, that you utilize, you know, and it's the about going to move fast, but breathe slow to yeah, enter your yeah. flow state. I love that kind of, you were the first sort of person I really heard talking about that. And you just, I think you just won CrossFit when I first heard it. And I thought, oh, right. You know, I didn't realize you could actually hit that. Like you could put yourself into that. How do you go about that? Because competing yeah, is its own skill, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the move fast, breathe slow thing is 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 really relatable, um, especially you know for when you're in high stress situations. You want to move with with intention, with speed. You want to you want to not be. You want to move, but you also want to keep your heart rate low. You want to think before you act. You want to move fast, move with purpose. But, but breathe slow, like keep your heart rate low. And that's really what I would think about as I was going through all these events was move fast, move fast, move fast, but breathe slow, stay focused. You know what I mean? And that, that was the key for me. So what would be like, would you have a sort of ritual when you came in? Because I mean, you won the, the games on your first time, you know, you yeah. you crushed it. You know, you, everything you, you do, you seem to just go, I'm going to start a, fit, a fitness business and it become a phenomenon. You know, it's uh, like, I, yeah, I got lucky on the games. No, I'm just, yeah, it was good. It was good. Good timing. Good. Everything, everything worked out. So how would you, how did you learn to hit that? I mean, do you kind of sort of go in, you, I've seen you talk in other interviews about, you know, you would do the same warm up. You would kind of get into that mode of, you know, hitting beast mode and think, right, perfect. You know, this is me. I'm kind of building up to it. What, what was it in your warm up and how do you start switching that mind in? Because I think a lot of times people are kind of be physically fit, but their mind is just all over the place. And you seem to be able to sort of focus, like you're saying, you know, and not on our phones every five minutes. You know, you're focused at work, then you're focused at your training. How do you train your mind to be physically fit and how do you build that flow state while you're warming up? Well, I think that that one, I think, is just comes down to self-awareness, right? You need to be aware of when you are getting distracted or, or whatnot and just come back to, to center base, right? So if you're doing something, you're at work or whatever, and you find yourself getting constantly distracted and getting 80% of the job done but not finishing it, you just got to remind yourself and, and just take a you know quick, quick, being aware that you're getting distracted is the first step. That's the, That's step number one. Because if you're aware, then you can make changes to adjust it. You know what I mean? But if you're not even aware, if you're not even paying attention, then you're not going to get anywhere. Because there's those times when you're, you know, when you're doing a sport or whatever, and you, you know, it slows down. You're kind of like, you're almost like you're seen above it. You know, like you're seen from another angle. Like you're, you don't even realize what you're doing. And I, I love those states. And when I heard you talking about how you could tap into it using mantras and things like that it, i mean you were the, really the first person i went into it. everybody just talked about ah, just go to training work harder you know and you were kind of going into it like and you had just become the fittest man on earth and you were just killing it and i think that's the thing is like a lot of people just they weren't aware of that kind of thing it's time for a quick break 
There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. How do you start working away from the training things to work on your mindset? What, have you incorporated certain habits that help you in this? You know, Do you journal? Do you visualize? Do you do any of these kind of like... I mean, I think the cold, plunge, I mean, the cold plunge has been a great addition to my life. That's for sure. So I do a lot of hot cold therapy and that's been very, very beneficial to my life for sure. And do you find the, like the, the cold gets you that mental toughness that you're kind of, are you like into the shower, hot, cold, hot, cold? Sort of? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually have like a actual cold plunge, like a, like a bath. Right. And, um, it, it, it's, it's been profoundly impactful on my mindset and my ability to overcome small micro adversity. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been huge for me personally. Um, and that's been a way that I've been able to grow. Cause I come from the islands of Scotland and that, you know, that's just outside weather for us at the minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to figure, right. That's, that's me trying to put myself in these, in these, um, you know, we've gotten comfortable and mm-hmm. myself included, you know, you could wear sweatshirts, you have air conditioning, you have heaters. You, we've just became so damn comfortable in everything we do that our body doesn't get exposed to these extreme hots or colds really at all. And so exposing it to the cold has been really helpful for me because I live in California. I mean, the weather here is, is amazing. Right. Um, but, but, but having this, um, you know, cold exposure in particular, uh, with the, the plunge work, it's just been really good for like breath work and, and a lot of those areas. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly something I've noticed with a lot of people. It's like they, they need their heaters. They need to be on the bus. You know, they can't walk. They can't, they're not wanting to put any sort of additional challenge in their lives. And I think that's the beauty of jujitsu. It's, you quickly realize you're not the toughest person in the room. You know, suddenly when you've got somebody's shoulder driving into your chin yeah. and side control, you're like, hmm. What have you learned about life and oh, yourself man. from jiu-jitsu? Oh, so much. I mean, you know, uh, look, CrossFit came into my life at a really good time, and it was something that really made a dramatic impact on me. I, I you know, I dedicated my life to CrossFit for, you know, a decade plus. I mean, I traveled the world. I taught seminars. I I fell in love with the idea of learning new skills and, and developing it. And I, I almost feel, uh, I don't want, it's just different, right? But my, my love for jujitsu is different where it's more, where it's more of a personal um, thing than like a public meaning like, like with CrossFit, it introduced me to a lot of different elite uh, fitness people where I'm able to now kind of see where we want to go as an organization in our fitness journey and help as many people as possible and really become subject control experts there. But in jujitsu, it's not about me trying to go help other people necessarily. I mean, yeah, I can spread the word and tell people it's great, but I'm not going to go teach jujitsu. That's not my intention. Uh, my intention is really to have it as a personal practice to learn, to grow. And it has been 
like just so impactful on me. Um, I wish I had started it earlier. I mean, it's been great though. I love it. It's certainly something when you get your, your arse kicked and around and you suddenly find yourself going, okay, how do I improve that? How do I stop getting caught on that? I'm going to go back into it. Whereas I used to sit and put, you know, I would go, oh, they did the X because I let them do that. Or I would have always have an excuse and it made me sort of mentally tougher. And I think you kind of start, I don't know, it's quite primal having somebody on your back try to choke you, choke you out. And then it's you very thug, primal. The uh, feeling that them. I get when I leave is is something that I never got from a CrossFit workout. I don't know if you feel the same thing, but like, I, I actually think I need it. To be honest with you, I actually think that I need jujitsu in my life. Um, otherwise, I don't feel. And and when I was doing CrossFit, maybe I had the same idea. But now that I know what jujitsu feels like, I think maybe it's just a testosterone thing. Maybe it's a masculine thing. I don't know. But like, if I don't train for a little bit. I start feeling not anxious, but like I need to get out that like healthy aggression. Does that, does that make sense? Like not in a combative way, but I don't know if you feel the same way. Definitely. It's like, it's, it's, it's like you've got this energy ball burning inside you and you need to put it out. And it's, it's really hard to explain to somebody who doesn't do it until you've actually, you're physically sort of like you, you're entering the, the private space of somebody else you know we're always told not to go near somebody and then suddenly you've got a arm around your neck and you're trying to grind them into the ground and you're pulling an arm and you know it just i don't know it's like what you do when you're a kid but yeah, yeah it's a I, controlled mayhem <laughs> yeah it, it is and i think that i actually think that more young men uh could use it personally i mean i think women too of course i, I shouldn't say just men but i think in particular you see some young boys and i see it with my son so i'll use him as an example because then no one can get mad at me with my son um i see this aggression that he has like healthy aggression like like a some people like uh, kind of like a, his combative like kind of like male testosterone whatever and if we don't if we don't channel it effectively if we don't have him exercise or play sports or or do jiu-jitsu, he actually starts to act out and he starts to be, you know, he starts to be a little bit, he just doesn't act as nice. Right. And so I'll make him go in the garage and go do some stuff. If I feel like he's, he has a pent up like energy that he needs to get out. And I think that's what I found through jiu-jitsu is that it's giving me an outlet to go express this, this kind of primal, uh, kind of fight or flight mode. And I think it's been, it's been something very, very different that I wasn't expecting. That's been very good. Because you you really see that in sort of COVID situation, like when everything was getting locked down, people were saying, "I need it for my mental health. It's the only place I can have in my life where I can let out like this energy, this kind of anger, this just even I don't know, like it gives you a purpose, you know, like for that half hour, hour, whatever you're training. I mean, we would train for two hours, and you would come out there, you could probably seriously hurt people with the skills you're getting taught and the last thing you want to do is fight because you know yeah. how to control somebody safely but I don't know, it's it's almost like a sort of that power of that kind of it, it you can do it but you know you don't need to you don't need to prove anything it sort of removes that masculine sort of need to oh i'm the toughest guy i'm this i'm that where i don't know it's a, it has a sort of common effect it's something I always, I'm a big sort of component of is getting guys into it. And 
I love, I love how you're, you're into jiu-jitsu. I mean, what, how do you find it now? I mean, what belt are you at? Are you kind of like purple belt? Are you working towards like, what's your sort of favorite positions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, back to one thing you were saying is, is I think what's really unique about jiu-jitsu and one of the things that why, so both of my kids, I do it with both of them. So um, I have my daughter doing striking. I do striking and uh, groundwork with both of my children. And my goal in particular for my son, uh, well, my goal, my goal for my daughter is definitely for her to be able to defend herself. It's very important to me. And I, I, I want her to be able to defend herself. Um, and I want my son to be able to defend himself, but he's going to be on the bigger side. So I don't think he'll get like bullied, but I want him to never be the guy who does bully. Meaning I never want him to be the kid who's insecure in themselves and they end up bullying because of that. And I, I, I see, I, I think back to high school and the kids that were, you know, that were bullying others. And really it was the people that weren't, you know, fully satisfied in themselves. And I wonder if those people had been taught martial arts or had gone through some difficult, you know, training, if they wouldn't have been that same way because they would have had just more respect for other people. And so that's something I'm working on with my son in particular, back to what you were saying about like, you know, you can learn all these skills and you don't even want to use them. You just want to be nice and low key. Um, but in regards to, yeah, so I'm a three stripe, uh, purple belt. Um, what that means is that, uh, there's, there's 10, there's four stripes because once you get your fifth stripe, then you get your next belt. And so it goes for those people who are listening that don't know the belt system, it goes white, blue, purple, brown, black. There's five belts. And within those belts, there's stripes at most schools, not all schools, but most schools, because it takes you years to go from one belt to the other. Um, I anticipate that I'm going to be competing this year. I anticipate if I do what I think I'll do, um, I should hopefully be getting my brown belt. Uh, towards the end of this year, which should be pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I like doing, um, you know, half guard to side control is kind of like my go-to. Awesome. I love it. Because uh, I love how it's become more modern and you see a lot more of these celebrities like Austin Kutcher and all these other people doing it. And, you know, everybody's complaining. And I was like, no, no, it's great that it's encouraging a lot more people to take it up and realize the benefit of it. And did you find when you went from the competitor mindset to being the the businessman and being you know and taking that focus away from just competing and training for the crossfit that you needed things like that more and that that would help a lot of guys who are trying to be fit to give them a kind of mental workout as much as a physical yeah i mean i think i think i think you're spot on you know i think i got into jiu-jitsu so we used to sublease some space to a jiu-jitsu gym at at uh, to a guy who did jiu-jitsu at one of our gyms. And it was actually a really beautiful combination where people would come there, they would do jiu-jitsu with him, and then uh, you know some of them would end up doing uh, training with us. But when I was, I was very interested in it, and I did it for about a month, and then when I was competing at the highest level in CrossFit, I couldn't get hurt doing jiu-jitsu when my main sport was, was uh, CrossFit. And so I, I told myself I'd always get back to it one day, and so when I retired from the sport of CrossFit in 2016, because my daughter got sick, it was a natural time for me to then start pivoting to jiu-jitsu. So I found jiu-jitsu in 2016 again um, when Ava got sick. And it was just a phenomenal outlet where you could be on the mat and just just be free and really be present, be focused. And um, I, got, I got a lot of value out of it now, then. I, I still get a lot of value out of it today. 
And do you think that's, that sort of helped you during that really awful time? I mean, I've had friends die with leukemia. I've had like grandparents with cancer and things like that. And the, I can't imagine what it's like. Like I had like looking at somebody being really sick and, you know, it's, you feel so helpless. And I think that's the beauty of jujitsu martial arts. It's like you get that brotherhood of like your training partners, but you also kind of have a way of letting that, stress out but you also have a way to focus your mind and it teaches you about hardship and challenge and kind of using everything as a learning experience did you find it helped you during that really difficult time oh yeah 100 percent. and i mean you know there's a lot of characteristics between crossfit and jiu-jitsu i actually think that's why you know and, and there we knew there was a carryover between crossfit and jiu-jitsu for years but i think more so now is that people kind of reach it this um they fell in love with CrossFit because they wanted to learn these new skills. But now it's hard to gain, you know, any percent gain on your snatch after you've been doing it for 10 years. That's why a lot of people have gotten into jiu-jitsu because they feel like there's constantly something to learn, which which there is. And I think that there, you're going to see more and more people convert over from CrossFit to jiu-jitsu. But yes, I think that, um, especially when Ava was in the hospital a lot, uh, you know, my jiu-jitsu was, um, I ended up just doing privates to start. Um, when she wasn't in the hospital, when she was in the hospital, I, I ended up, you know, I, I would stay in the hospital. And so I basically started off doing privates and I, I'd recommend that for anybody. Actually, I think, I think starting off with like five or 10 privates is a good way to start. Can you get your feet wet? And then from there I, I, I moved into classes, but yeah, I mean, you talk about just being present, being focused, uh, you know, l- meeting really cool people with a shared interest to get better. That's what jujitsu does. I think. Now, we'd, I know there'll be people saying just now, because when I say, oh, come on, do jujitsu, people go, oh, no, I couldn't do that. You know, you, they get that initial fear, that kind of like, oh, God, that's the suddenly having a guy lying on top of you sweating and as he's yeah, trying to choke you out. You know, it's, it's quite terrifying. Like, even when I'm doing it, I'm thinking, why do I pay myself to do this? How do you do? You, how do you train somebody who's coming to you for coaching, for CrossFit, for who's joining one of your programs and going, like I've, um, you know, I'm out of shape. My, I've got man boobs. I've got whatever it is, you know, like this imposter syndrome, this self-esteem bullshit that we beat ourselves up about. How do you start working with somebody to kind of give them that mindset of, you know, we all start from somewhere, come and join the, you know, encourage the, because you seem to create a community, like a brotherhood, like you do in, in CrossFit. You seem to create that in your gyms you build a, this amazing community on your social media and things like that. What have you learned about getting over that fear and, you know, encouraging people and sort of building a community within a gym? Well, I mean, I think, you know, in the gyms, it's really easy because people, they, they, especially now, you know, COVID came and just kicked us in the nuts. And uh, now people are missing that personal connection more than ever. And, mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been nice seeing these, these personal relationships re regained and having people actually, you know, look at each other, say hi to each other, high five each other. And I think that we, we, as, as a society, we need to have more personal connections with other people and, and remove just being online all the time. And I think that that's what we're trying to do at our gym. I know many other gyms are trying to do the same thing, which is giving a third place. You know, you have your work, give your home. And a lot of people have their third place. Now, some people look at that as a bar. I look at that as the gym. And this is a third place where you go and you have this group of people that are out there really trying to better themselves. And I think that's ultimately what brings people together in jiu-jitsu or CrossFit or any other gym 
is that everybody's there with the shared mission of getting better at what they're doing. Because I've not found anybody or any gyms yet where I've turned up and they've gone, oh, don't you know how to do that? You know, it's like people who are going there and thinking, great, another training partner. Great, somebody that I can learn from, somebody that I can, I can do X move on or help with. And people love helping each other out. And I find that with a lot of top competitors is they feel the, feel the fear anyway, and they'll still do it regardless. You know, they kind of accept it's going to be there and they'll do it. You've worked with some amazing people. You've competed against some of the world's best. You've trained with some of the world's best. What have you noticed about top competitors? Have you seen like certain mindsets, certain habits, approaches to things that work that make them uh, the best of the best? I mean, I think obviously this idea of like never settling, hard work, uh, the idea of just being humble in their approach. I think those are universal characteristics. You know, people are genuinely curious about getting better uh learning I, I think i think those are again those are those are characteristics i think transfer over to any high level individual whether it's an entrepreneur a successful business leader it's someone that doesn't have an ego someone that's willing to work really hard and someone that's willing to continue to learn from other people and take advice from other people i think that's key and um you know i think those are some of the things that have made you know my career uh, whether it's in CrossFit or through the gym, successful is just being more open to those type of things. And how's your sort of attitude towards nutrition? I mean, I've seen on your Wikipedia, so of course it's got to be true if it's on Wikipedia. You know, oh, that, um, it said that you had moved away from sort of like the paleo sort of eating that sort of thing. How how have you found about nutrition that now you're not just eating to compete, but you're just eating you know to be fit, and you're sort of teaching people about fitness and nutrition and you know, that kind of thing is like, what have you learned about our approach to sort of supplements, meals? You know, do we need to get into that when we're starting out? Do we need supplements to be fit? Have there, are there things that you think are a must take for guys or a certain way of approaching eating and how? No, we eat? I mean, I, no, I think, I think for the most part, consistency matters. And I think that, you know, eating real food at appropriate levels is the key. So, you know, right now, if you're someone that's drinking soda, that's an easy way to get rid of something that's consuming excess amounts of sugar, right? So really what you want to try and do is look at your, look at your nutrition and say, okay, if I'm not motivated by, you know, getting a six pack, well, maybe I'd be motivated by how I feel. And if you feel like shit throughout your day, because you're having these highs and lows of insulin spikes, maybe what you need to do is think about how to not consume so many excess carbohydrates so your body can be at a level state mentally throughout the entire duration of the day. And so for me, what I think about is, and I've done continuous glucose monitor. I've done, I just got done doing 40 days of just meat and fruit. Uh, I've done a lot of different things, but I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, eating moderate levels of food with uh, making sure you're getting at least one gram of protein per every lean body, uh, one gram of protein per every pound of lean body mass in your body a day. If you could start there, you know, it's, it's unlikely you're going to super overconsume carbohydrates because eating for me, let's just say 200 pound, 200, um, grams of protein is quite a bit. So if I have to consume that, it'll help me not to overconsume carbohydrates. That's a, that's a great answer. Cause that's the sort of thing you see everybody go, okay, rice, broccoli, and you know, chicken and people go, well, 
Like, how do you expect them to go from like KFC and like sodas and all that suddenly to eating completely clean? And you know, I've listened to some of your podcasts, I've listened to some of your interviews where you've talked about you know just slowly build, you know, cut out a bit of this, add a bit of this, and I love how you're not just pushing in. Oh, you've got to be hundred percent clean. You're kind of you know you're giving people kind of the flexibility, and I think that you have to right. Otherwise, it's just we're going to set people up for failure, and that's where I've just seen my my own pitfalls over the years, right? Where you know I thought that everybody and and not everybody has the same goals and aspirations, right? Like if you're not trying to be the fittest, you know, if you're trying to be like a a, you know professional athlete, well, then I'm going to have you do something different. But if you're just trying to live freely and fully, if you're just trying to look better naked for your spouse or whatever it is, then you know we have to align expectations with your goals because you're not going to be willing to put in as much work. For example, uh, you, if, 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 if you just want to look better naked, you're not going to do all the sacrifice it might take if someone wants to become a professional athlete in a sport, you know, and we have to be real about that and figure out what, what are your goals? What are your expectations? How do we help you accomplish them? And, uh, that's it. That's what we're trying to do. And when you're doing recovery, I mean, everybody talks about overtraining and all this kind of, you know, they kind of just forget the the basic stuff. It's, you know, you're doing fitness because it should be part of your life. It should be a system. It should be something that you're doing because you enjoy it to make your life better. You know, it shouldn't be the all that's in your life unless you're a, a competitive athlete. How do you create a sort of recovery protocol that's that looks after your body, but also looks after you emotionally. And you've got a beautiful family. You married your childhood sweetheart. I couldn't find anybody that had a bad word about you. How do you, <laughs> you know, how do you build these kind of recovery things that you can use the fitness to have an enjoyable life, to be the great dad, to be the great businessman, to be the great friend, etc. You know, how do you use, how do you recover away from the fitness and use it to have the life you want. Well, man, I think, I think that's, that's ultimately what it is, is that fitness allows me to live the life that I want. Right. So you you have to reframe it. Like, why do I exercise? I exercise because I'm trying to live. I want to be as healthy as I can for as long as I can for my kids. I want to be in a positive mindset. I want to learn how to overcome micro adversity. So all I need to do is go into the garage, kick my own ass learn how to overcome that. And that's going to make me a better husband, a better father, a better person, because now I'm, I'm intentionally giving myself this adversity that I could then learn something from. And I think that's, that's ultimately what I've came to the conclusion of is exercise is so much more. I think people think that it's like to look good or to be naked and all that kind of stuff. And like, yes, there's definitely that piece to it, but I think more so than any of that fitness provides an outlet where you could you could expose yourself to this micro adversity that then you could start callousing your mind, stealing the words from um, Jocko Willick. And this way, when life comes and throws you a curveball, you'll be better prepared to handle it. So for single guys like myself, you yeah. know, you, you've lived with your partner since I think you were 14 when you met. Yeah, we um, were 14 when we met. Yeah. That's better. When I look back when I was 14, I was just, I don't even want to think about what I was like then. <laughs> What has it sort of taught you, you know, about relationships? What advice would you give to, like, I think my parents have just given up on me. I'm like on the single table at weddings now for life. And how did becoming <laughs> a father change you? You know, like how, what advice would you give about creating that sort of strong family unit, that kind of 
because I mean, you I remember hearing about you talk about the values you want your son to have, you know, and it's like why you want to impart on the next generation. What advice yeah. would you give? Yeah, I mean, I think I think utilizing fitness is a great way that we have done that with our children, where we have them in the garage every single day. We have them playing sports. We have them learning how to win, how to lose, how to defend themselves, how to be respectful, how to be phenomenal. Like I want my kids to be better expressions of than me, right? And I, in particular with my son, I want him to be the guy in the room that is the most gentleman, the most kind, the most loving, the most sincere to every person in there, but at the same time could you know, basically in a hand-to-hand combat could outdo anybody in the room. That's my goal because I know that if we provide him those sets of skills, he'll be able to go through life and be comfortable and never have to act, never have to boast, but instead feel comfortable in his, in his, in his skin and be able to just be a good human being. And also to be able to potentially defend if someone needed their, their help. And so that's my goal for him is to really make him this modern day gentleman that makes him something that I think other, you know, people would, that I would aspire to be like, like, who would I aspire to be like? That's who I want to try and help him be. And the same thing goes for, um, for Ava, you know, how can we provide her the tools to be the woman that, you know, you know, is going to be intelligent, successful, uh, while at the same time, you know, all the other attributes that you look for in, in a very successful, amazing woman, you know, same thing. And is there ways that you would inc- suggest people should encourage their children if they're maybe not as active? Is there kind of, you know, how what tips are like, is it just getting them to come for a walk with the dog or keeping it simple but keeping it fun? Well, I mean, the whole thing is just showing up. You know, I think that the thing about parenting that I've realized is like, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to show up. You know, I'm at, I try and be everywhere I can, whenever I can. And they recognize when you show up and starting off slow. You know, I, I exercise with my daughter in the garage uh, every morning and then she jumps in the cold plunge and I typically jump in after. And those are good moments that we can spend time together. But it's also something where I'm teaching her like, hey, movement's just a part of life. Every day you need to move. I don't care what you do. Go to volleyball camp, go swim, go do whatever. But you have to move every single day. And, you know, they could decide what they want to do. I think that's been really helpful for us is that we're not forcing them to do anything. Now, if they want to go in the garage and do a 15 minute workout, all good that's hard, you know, a 15 minute harder workout, but if they want to go and play with their friends outside for three hours, that's fine too. You know, it's just, we, we can't just be behind a computer screen. And I think that's a great thing as well. So like it teaches you that you're going to feel that stress and that pressure in life that kind of, I want to give up, but if you hold off and you let it just kind of flow, it goes away for a bit and then it comes back and you learn to have that sort of strength of, not just reacting you actually learn to kind of deal with it and that's something that's i wish i'd known when i was younger you know you don't have to just react to something you can actually step above it and i think that's why jujitsu and crossfit and sport is such a great thing i mean i'm really disappointed we've been on i can't believe we've only been on an hour it feels like 10 minutes it's an absolute (laughs) a joy to speak to i would love to do a round two but how what would you want people now to look at for NC Fit? I mean, if people who are thinking, right, I need to get back in shape, this guy sounds awesome. I want to come and listen to him and you know, listen to his podcast. I want to get into his programs. This is a perfect time to sell it. What what can we get from NC Fit? How can we use it? How can we join the brotherhood? How can we sort of finally become fit in our lives, do you think? Yeah, I mean, so I think that, you know, we, we like to think of it as it's it's strength conditioning born in NorCal, 
uh, close to 15 years ago, and now it's you know all over the world. And if people are interested, they could go download the NC Fit app. Uh, they can go to nc.fit. That's the website. You can either find one of our brick and mortar locations um, or join us on the app there as well. If you're a gym owner and you want to use the same plans that we use in our gyms, we also have that available. But it's just nc.fit on Instagram, nc.fit online. Um, you can also just check out the Effort Over Everything podcast and also Jason Kleep on all social channels. What have you learned, do you think, from your journey into this or fitness, you doing your podcast? You know, you've had a great range of guests and you have the kind of like the shoot the shit episodes, as I like to refer to them, like, you know, every, where you kind of flesh out ideas and that. Has it helped you in your sort of approach to sort of fitness and using your sort of CrossFit experience, your jiu-jitsu experience and like looking at people from different countries, et cetera. Has this made you a better coach and a sort of better businessman, do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that I just like to talk to people that I'm interested in, like like having this conversation, just just having good conversations with people, I think in long form, I think especially nowadays is such a great thing because everything is so like instantaneous, TikTok, this, that. And I think it's good to, you know, have long form conversations. We can really get to know somebody and, and really unpack data that could really be helpful instead of it just being some TikTok 22nd, you know, you know, Instagram, you know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's what I'm about. Yeah. It's definitely become a sort of like short, short um, return world. You know, everybody expects that no focus and you're kind of like, well, I can't listen to a three hour podcast. And you're like, why not? You know, it, it, it's scary. Yeah. Like, what would you want people to take from this? You know, because I think we're just scratching the surface. And I would like, you know, you're the kind of guy I'd love to sit and have a pint with and we could chat for hours, I think. But what would you want people to sort of remember from this? If this was like, if they had to take, say, maybe one or three things from this, what would you want them to remember as a sort of go-home message? Um, I, I think that, you know, fitness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just better is better. Start slow and work your way up. That's That's the piece of cake. Like, Honestly, it, 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 you know, if you're in a place in your life right now where you're feeling depressed, you're saying, oh, I'm out of shape, I'm this and that. Dude, all it takes is tomorrow, go out for a 10-minute walk and then wait a, wait a day and then do it again the next day. But just start slow and create habits. That's that's number one. Uh, number two is, you know, if you're not doing some type of foundational strength conditioning, you, you should be doing it. You should also be doing strength work in addition to just the conditioning piece after you've kind of built up this kind of level, this hedge. And then um, finally, I think, you know, Going out, learning new things, exposing yourself, and also exposing your kids to micro doses of adversity, I think is a good thing. Um, you know, we try and we always try and you know protect our children, and you know, I, you know, I of, of course we all do, but I think that if we overprotect them, we're not setting them up for success in the future. And so I think it's finding ways to push them, get them uncomfortable, and use teaching moments that then later on in life will really help. That's that's what I'm trying to do. That's a fantastic answer. Um, how can people keep in touch with you until we can get another one? Like, where? How do you want people to find you? How can they interact with you? And what do you want the evolution of your brand to be? You know, like how can we follow along the journey? Yeah, I mean, I think just you know, go go check out NC.fit, check out Jason Kleep on Instagram. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I think the evolution of our company is that we started off as primarily a CrossFit company. We were really about it, and over the years, we've just kind of identified that hey. CrossFit's its thing and it's great. Uh, we're kind of going in a little bit of a different direction. We're, we're removing some of the complexity and kind of focusing more on just the foundational strength conditioning. And I think that if people want to jump on that, 
come on with us. Uh, NC Fit app is great. And, uh, you know, I don't coach jujitsu, but you guys should be checking that out as well. <laughs> well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.